Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Scoop B. Robinson, my man who's, my man Brandon Scoop B. Robinson, the Scoop B. Podcast. Dude, you know, right now, um, the balance of power has changed a little bit, but I don't think – I still think the Celtics, even though they don't have the best record – right now, Toronto has the best record. The Celtics are still, to me, at this early stage of the season, the team to beat. Did the Sixers do themselves a favor and improve a little bit? Can they be on that same – as my previous guest said, are they on that same line with Toronto Boston, and in Boston in the East? Hey, Chris. Um, no, I, I think that when you look at the NBA defense, uh, obviously the Toronto Raptors are sitting high above. Um, but you really can't sleep on the Celtics um, because I think that the Celtics, um, obviously Kyrie Irving dropped 43 points last night, but the Celtics have a second life going into this season. Uh, obviously Gordon Hayward being out and then Jason Tatum emerging last season and then you know, all the guys are where they're supposed to be. But then when you look at the Philadelphia 76ers, uh team that went out and got Jimmy Butler, um, they're still finding their way. And so I think it's a little premature to say that they're an elite. I, I think that sometimes you just got to let players play. Um, and I think that those arguments of who are elite and who's not, I, I blame it on the 24-hour news cycle that is social media and, and, and CNN. But uh, rest assured, the Sixers have upgraded um, by adding Jimmy Butler, a 29-year-old who's a multiple uh, NBA All-Star, uh, who's going to be a vocal leader on that team. Something the Sixers really needed. I think the Sixers are a team um, that last season nobody expected them to be as good as they are, but now the tail of the tape shows how good they are, and, and, and teams have caught up. So adding Jimmy Butler adds a mental toughness that I don't think that they had previously. Right. But they still have some flaws. Last night they, they, they beat a really good Utah team with Donovan Mitchell. And uh, but they still had 18 turnovers. They gave up 20 points off those 18 turnovers, and it just seems like that team is still they're still a work in progress. But yet, a lot of a lot of our media is saying here that Brett Brown now he's not on the hot seat, but after everything you know of the trying to bring all these guys together, that they still have a, you know, he, he has to deliver. Some people think that all this right, this, this season will be a referendum on, um, or, or, on Brett Brown. I mean, the Philadelphia 76 is a young, they like to run. So having 18 turnovers in, in last night's game, but they winning, um, to me, doesn't really surprise me. Utah's a very good team, but they're also young. Uh, and I think, you know, having a, a Donovan Mitchell with Joe Inglis, 
uh, Rudy Gobert, some of those other guys on Snyder's team. Um, they matched up well against the 76ers. And, you know, Jimmy Butler is keenly familiar with the Utah Jazz coming from the Western NBA's Western Conference. Um, but when I look at to your assessment of, of, of Brett Brown, um, I looked at Brett Brown maybe a few years ago, and maybe he should have been gone. But there's something that, you know, the Sixers uh, rasped all in him, and they trusted the process, as you, if you will. <laughs> and uh, I think when you look at guys like Brett Brown, uh, Mike Budenholzer, uh, and, and some of those other people that come out of the Greg Popovich tree, they come highly recommended. Um, and, and I think that, you know, Mike Budenholzer, uh, I, I think one thing is, is that is interesting about Budenholzer comparatively to Brett Brown is, uh, many people are talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. As much as everybody pays attention to Boston Celtics, the Philadelphia 76ers, and Toronto Raptors, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks have a, a guy who's a, mm, a potential MVP candidate in, in Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. Yeah. Uh, he's having this season. So if I'm him, I'm, I'm laughing that everybody else is paying attention to those three other teams and that they're not, as my mother would say, paying them no attention. And, uh, you know, I think it's pretty cool that uh, if you have an Eastern Conference that is so yeah. Um, competitive because everybody's paying attention to the NBA's Western Conference. Right. Because, no, that's interesting you you bring that up and, and you talk about Milwaukee because last night I was watching Tim Legler on ESPN and he brought up the fact that this might be the first time in a long time that the Eastern Conference really has some legit teams that could contend for a title. What are your thoughts on that? When you, like I said, you know, I just want to, if you can expand on that, you know, how is how good is are those Eastern Conference teams as opposed to uh, as opposed to those teams that play in the West? Well, you look at the Toronto Raptors, for example, um, and many people said going into the season um, that the fact that LeBron James left the, left the Eastern Conference and went to the Western Conference uh, now, remember the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, that uh, the Toronto Raptors would win the East. And I think that the Boston Celtics and the, the, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers have something to say about that. But in the same token, I mean, even from a competitive perspective, they're not a top team. But, you know, Kimball Walker of the Charlotte Hornets um, has been playing pretty well uh, individually. Uh, you look at the, the, the Washington Wizards uh, and, and adding John Wall and, or rather, in adding a Dwight Howard to a team that has Bradley Wilfield and John Wall, well, they're entertaining the watch. Um, but I think the top tier teams in the Eastern Conference are, are surely um, the Celtics, the, the Sixers, the Raptors, um, and, and 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 the Milwaukee Bucks. I also do think um, that the Cleveland Cavaliers are in the transition period uh, post LeBron. You know, you look at Zion Williamson and Duke right now, and many people believe that the, the, the Cavs may have the first or the second pick in, in, in next year's draft. You add Zion Williamson in to the, to the mix that he's picked number one, and number two, and number three. And so the Eastern Conference is going to be talked about even more, even for just the intrigue of Zion Williamson. So, you know, you, you, you just look at the NBA's Eastern Conference. I don't remember a time that the NBA's Eastern Conference was so talked about other than the Bulls run. And maybe even the Detroit Pistons and the New Jersey Nets going back and forth uh, in, in like 2004, 2003 to 2005. Um, but I think, you know, even the Chicago Bulls with, with, with Zach Levine, uh, arguably a, a most improved player of the year candidate, he's doing his thing. You look at the Detroit Pistons, uh, a 16, uh, a 7-6. and six. Uh, you, you have Blake Griffin who's been leading that team. And, 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 Don K- and Casey has something, to, Dwayne Casey having something to prove this season. He went to Toronto the other day and took on the Raptors. So, you know, 
the Pacers are up there. Victor Oladipo is, 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 is leading and guiding that team to something special. So, you know, even the Nets, a, a third Karis LeBurk got hurt this week, and uh, it seems that he'll be able to come back in March. The Nets have played some competitive basketball early in the season, and I take that back. The Hornets are a seventh seed at seven and seven, uh, and the Orlando Magic are up there in the eighth seed at seven and eight. So, I mean, there's a lot of basketball that's being competitive, and um, you know, the Western Conference comparatively, the teams that I'm most impressed with, there's two teams I'm impressed with. Uh, the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers. They've been playing very well this season. Right. Well, you know, um, speaking of the Western Conference, everybody, you know, all my Golden State Warrior fans have been talking about the incident regarding Kevin Durant versus Draymond Green. And basically, Draymond Green, according to uh, according to Yahoo article I'm sitting here reading in Yahoo, basically told Durant, we don't need you. What's your thoughts? What have you been hearing about that situation? Well, Chris, it's, it's, for those who are listening, um, two months ago, uh, I broke a story uh, about Kevin Durant uh, in the Los Angeles September 17th of this year. Uh, and then a source told me that Kevin Durant, um, confirmed with me that Kevin Durant will be joining the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, next season, many people laughed at me and uh, thought this was crazy. I mean, they talked about it on High Noon with Omani Jones. They talked about it on Jalen and Jacoby's podcast. Um, and a myriad of other websites wrote about that story. Um, two months later, uh, you see the fight, or, you know, it started on the bench. Uh, it's the Clippers and the, and the uh, Warriors were playing, and it was the final seconds of the game, and the Warriors lost to the Clippers. Um, but the, the issue kind of reminded me of that episode of Fresh Prince uh, where Will and Carlton were on the same team, and Will wanted the ball, but Carlton wanted the ball too. And uh, it was one of those situations with Draymond and, 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 and Kevin Durant where um, Kevin Durant wanted the ball in the final minutes, and Draymond uh, didn't want him to have the ball. And so that that issue uh, carried over to the locker room. And um, reportedly Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports says that uh, Draymond Green uh, called Kevin Durant a B-I-T-C-H. Wow. I can, I can spell that on radio, right? Yeah, you can spell that on the radio. <laughs> you can. That you can, my friend. No, no, okay. And um, the long story short, uh, we have a situation where it's been talk of the town uh, the last uh, few days. And uh, my story about Kevin Durant looks more plausible. I've also gone... Uh, on the record, it said that the Lakers are very interested in not only bringing in Kevin Durant via free agency, but they're also looking uh, to bring in Anthony Davis. Uh, yeah, that's the, yeah. Go ahead, I'm so, sorry. Um, th- those things are, are, are definitely um, are, are caveats that are on the Lakers' plate. Uh, per my sources, uh, with, uh, who have ties to the Los Angeles Lakers uh, organization. And um, I will just say that that situation with Draymond Green and Kevin Durant, while that it has been a news peg this week, um, they're still the world champions. And right. um, until otherwise, uh, there's a team that has to beat them, and uh, they're a good team. And I think it's interesting that during the time where Steph Curry is not playing, right, uh, it seems that uh, when the cast away, the mice will play. Right. Well, that's that's interesting because, see, I wonder how something like that affects the team moving forward. I mean, you know, I mean, do you get the guys to, to, to just play nice? Because um, I still remember here that, you know, when when Terrell Owens and on the football side was saying all kinds of things about Donovan McNabb while they're still on the team and no one seemed no one stepped in 
no one stepped in and and basically said, hey, look, um, you know, guys, you know, we have to think about the larger issue, and that's winning a championship. Now the Golden State Warriors have a couple. They want they want to three peat. They want a three peat this year. Will this have any effect on them moving forward, or, or will or will or is this? Kind of like I was telling was saying earlier back in the day, Reggie Jackson and Billy North of the Oakland A's having a fight, or Reggie Jackson not getting along with Thurman Munson of the Yankees. That you know we 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 fight, but yet we still win. Well, here's the thing: Draymond Green has always been a guy um, that has been a polarizing figure, but for the same reason that people may hate him, he's the same reason why he's been the glue that has kept that Warriors team together. The Warriors, that Warriors team potentially had a chance to win multiple championships. The one that they didn't win was in 2016 when he got suspended for the flagrant foul and the Curry through his mouthpiece, etc. And what did they do? They upgraded and got uh, Kevin Durant. But Kevin Durant was always a rental anyway. He wasn't right. part of the four. Kind of like, you know, on this side of the river, you know, the Yankees had Bernie Williams. They had Derek Jeter. They had, you know, they had that core four. But A-Rod was never part of that original team. Right. He was a stepbrother. Right, right. So, but that doesn't take anything away from his prowess. A-Rod was still a talented baseball player. And, you know, so when you look at that situation with the Warriors, I think Kevin Durant is still focused and locked in on winning the championship with his brethren. And I think that when, I think that the Warriors are just banged up right now. And I think that's just the business news cycle that is now. You have the Lakers who, who had, who got, you know, the butt, where the butt is a joke early in the season. You had that fight with the Houston Rockets, uh, with Rondo and, and Chris Paul. Or then, you know, then the Rockets were the butt of the joke. And somebody had to take the ball, and it was Carmelo Anthony uh, who on his way out. And then, and then now the Warriors. I think it's a cyclical uh, news cycle. It, it could be the Sixers next week. I mean, the Sixers were, were trying to end the news cycle on top of the trade. Markel Fultz was the topic of conversation. So, right. You know, it just it just depends on what 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 new cycle is brewing this week. And speaking of that, Carmelo Anthony, Carmelo Anthony was unceremoniously released from the Houston Rockets, or he they made an agreement. And I was just talking with my young producer here, my young intern here, Jordan, who says that you know, we were talking about should Carmelo come to Philly. I think this might be it for. I think Carmelo's done. Do you? Is Carmelo done? You know, I was having this conversation with a colleague of mine last night. Um, I think Carmelo Anthony represents one of the last people uh, in the NBA that has been heavily influenced uh, by Allen Iverson. His 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 walkout reminds me so much of Allen Iverson, and I think that the, the news tag that really uh, uh, ties it to that is when. He was in Oklahoma City last year, and somebody asked him about coming off the bench, and he said he was a starter. It reminds me so much of uh, uh, Allen Iverson in, 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 in Detroit and Allen Iverson in Denver. And so you look at this situation with Carmelo Anthony, I think that uh, he's often been labeled as you know selfish and more, and I think it started during his time with the Knicks. Right. Uh, and I think that that was a no-win situation for him uh, with the Knicks uh, because – they traded the whole kit caboodle for him to come to New York, and New York was expecting a championship. And so, you know, he's bounced around with the Oklahoma City, now in Houston. I think the Houston situation uh, was a very interesting situation. You went from going to the conference finals last year, uh, a game away from making it to the conference finals, uh, to now being a team that's through the first or less than 
um, you have a producer, and unfortunately, he's become the fall guy. Um, and unfortunately, uh, you know, Trevor Ariza uh, leaving impacted that Houston Rockets team greatly. And many thought that, you know, he. I don't think people thought he would replace Trevor Ariza because he was his. He was the Rockets' defensive whiz. But they also lost Rupert Monte. They lost Ryan Anderson. Uh, and so when I look at that situation with Carmelo, he was the fall guy. But the other thing is, basketball now is small ball. But the thing is, there are a lot of guys that are younger than him that now do what he does. Right. And I think Carmelo Anthony can still score in volume. Two years ago, I thought that he was one of the, the biggest scoring threats in the NBA. I still think that he's a scoring threat. I just think that for him to be on a team, he can't be one of the guys he has to be guy. Right, right. I, I do. And the thing is, is that you're right. Interesting you made... Uh, uh, a reference to Allen Iverson, but you would think that some of these guys, I mean, take the Ray Allen example. Ray Allen was a starter for much of his career, and he started coming on the bench, and he extended his life in the league for a little while longer, in my opinion. I mean, I wonder why that you know that you know that that he can't take that stance because he seems like one of those guys. Unless I'm starting, I'm not interested. I have to be the superstar. So where does he go? Where does Melo? Where does Melo go? Don't sleep. You look at the you look at the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, Carmelo and Rudy Gay are both from Baltimore. Right. Uh, Carmelo Anthony uh, played on Team USA with Greg Popovich being one of the assistant coaches on that team. Now he's the head coach of USA Basketball with uh, Coach K. You know, extending the baton to him. But I like San Antonio as an option uh, in the Carmelo Anthony sweepstakes. Uh, wow. Just because um, it's far away. You know, I talked to Clyde Drexler over the summer. And one of the things that I talked to Clyde Drexler about um, was uh, Isaiah Thomas. Current Isaiah Thomas. Now Hall of Famer Isaiah Thomas. Right. And he said one of the things that he likes about Isaiah Thomas going into this season uh, was that the spotlight was taken off of him. Right. And so when I look at that situation with Carmelo Anthony, him going to San Antonio uh, is almost like... uh, your favorite wide receiver going to the Boston, uh, excuse me, to the New England Patriots. Right. Right. I think that's a viable, that would be a viable option for uh, Carmelo Anthony at this point. Yeah. But but the whole, uh, would, that, would he be able to start with, with Golden State? Would, would they allow him to start? Would Carmelo start? Yeah. That would have to be a conversation with him, Pop. I say things on radio and, 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 and Twitter now, and people hang on my every word. I say that's a conversation with him, Pop. And um, but I will say that I think that he'll be in a situation where he can be one of those guys like a like a almost like an Antonio McDice transitioning from Denver to the Knicks to the Pistons and the Spurs or Cleveland and kind of being a role guy, a star transitioning into a role guy and preserving their career. Wow. So, yeah. So from that standpoint, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a good, but, but how, how would Pop handle that, though? Because he he. Here, Melo's going to come in here some way to start. How does Pop, I mean, if you can get inside Pop's head, because Pop has a way, Pop is quite pers- persuasive either way. Well, I'll tell you what, Pop is one of those guys that has the respect of, of many of the NBA players. I mean, my sister is 22 years old. He, Popovich is my sister's generation's modern day Bill Jackson. Right. So, that being said, I, I think that Pop automatically has instant credibility and commands respect of players. And I, I think it's one of those things where 
Mike D'Antoni does not have that type of um, panache that uh, Pop has. Right. Um, I think I look at Don, I'd look at um, Mike D'Antoni as the modern day Don Nelson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a ball playing minimal defense over the last year. They did play some defense. You know, you look at you know what D'Antoni was able to accomplish with Phoenix. Uh, I think that that Phoenix Sun team was ahead of its time. Right. Uh, a small ball, um, and Don Nelson was ahead of his time. I mean, man, he had Tom Tolbert uh, running point at times during the run team. See, yeah, run with with Mitch Richmond, uh, Tim Hardaway, and Chris Mullen. So, you know, you, you just look at to go back to your your question about uh, Popovich. I look at Popovich as a guy who, you know, has been able to revitalize certain people's careers. I mean, look at Mike Brown, right? And now assistant coach with the Golden State Warriors. Um, Mike Brown was able to um, really and truly. Uh, get a second life in the NBA, and, and could have become a head coach uh, had he taken some, you know, some job or took taken some uh, interviews really seriously. So, um, Greg Popovich, I think, will be a good option for, uh, with the San Antonio Spurs and Carmelo Anthony. Right. One more final one. One final question before we go to break. Um, in the West, okay, is there any up and coming team in the Western shoot that we should be thinking about? Looking at the Utah Jazz. As one as one of those teams, what 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 young and up and coming team is looking to make some noise come March and April? Um, the Denver Nuggets currently sitting at ten and five. Uh, team that I say going into the season uh, will be a, a, a top mm, top four team. Um, I think that there is definitely a team. Gary Harris is playing his tail off. I mean, he's the reason why. <laughs> Kyrie Irving was so upset and he threw the ball into the stands because he was trying to pad his stats. Uh, right. Ricky Davis there. But uh, I look at, you know, I look at the Nuggets. I also um, look at the Portland Trailblazers, team that I thought would be a top five team. They're currently sitting in third place, 7-3 uh, in their last 10. Um, and, and in the NBA's Western Conference, they're currently 10-5. I mean, they went at the Los Angeles Lakers earlier this season. Uh, and I also look at the Sacramento Kings. Um, I don't know if they're going to make noise deep, but currently, you know, they are in ninth, in ninth place, uh, eight and seven, tied for eight and seven with the New Orleans Pelicans. I mean, they, they've been playing pretty good. I mean, they beat the, the, the Timberwolves, I believe, last week. Um, they've gone toe to toe with the Lakers, and you know, uh, I think that that's a team that 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 you should be paying attention to. The young team with some with some potential, but but really and truly in the playoff picture. Nuggets and the Trailblazers are surely a team that are that is that is doing their thing right now. Right. Well, I'm going. We got to go to break, but I definitely want to say I, I appreciate you coming here today, talking about uh, you know talking about the NBA. I wanted to ask you some more about LeBron James, but we got to go to break. Can you stick around for just one 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 one, one last little one, couple couple of minutes? And I want to ask you about and that'll be my my last question to you. When we come back from the break. So you're no listening. You're listening to ninety six point one FM. 900 AM WURD Black Talk Media and the Chris Murray Report will be right back. The Lakers, Brandon, are eight and six on the season. I've seen some, I've seen some improvement here and there, and all that. So, what what are the Lakers doing right right now? They're eight and six. They seem like this. I wouldn't say riding the ship, but there's I guess there's, they're they're the seventh seed in the West. They've gelled. I think a lot of times any LeBron James-led team uh, that he's been on when he's going to a new team takes time to develop. And uh, I think one of the coup de grace that 
has uh, definitely benefited uh, the Lakers is the acquisition of Tyson Chandler and the emergent play of Bell McGee. Uh, and I also just think that that suspension uh, of Rajon Rondo uh, was a blessing in disguise for that Lakers team because during that, that period, uh, not only was Rondo suspended, but also Ingram was suspended, but Kyle Kuzma stepped up immensely, uh, as, as well as um, Lonzo Ball. Um, right. Rondo will be out for three to five weeks. Uh with another injury himself in the Blazers game the other day. Uh, but I genuinely do think um, that the Lakers um, kind of have a good situation moving towards uh, Thanksgiving, um, you know, so they can extend that streak. They play the Miami tonight in Miami, the homecoming of sorts for LeBron, and then uh, they have some time off. Um, they play uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers in Cleveland on Wednesday, so that'll be another homecoming for LeBron. Yeah. Um, kind of get some home cooking in the great state of Ohio. You just talking about Ohio, and then um, you know it's back to business after the Thanksgiving break. So, yeah, man, I just think that the Lakers are in a good place right now, but it definitely takes time and um, you know some personnel shifts. And you know, I mean, they went from was LeBron a great fit to uh, could Jason Kidd or Mark Jackson come in and uh, take Luke Walton's job to all is right with the world in Tinseltown. So it's gonna be a process, man, and. Um, if you're a betting man, you don't bet against LeBron James. Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll say this, though. I don't think, by any stretch of the imagination, that th- I don't think this year, this is the year that the Lakers, I think they're, they're are, are, so you're saying right now they're a work in progress. We're all a work in progress, Chris. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm a hundred. I'm a hundred and ten years old, and I'm still a work in progress. So, okay. So, all right. Well, from from that standpoint, I got to thank you, man, for being here with us today, as always. And uh, you know, man, I enjoy your insights around the league. I really do. And because uh, I know a lot of people around the league, but Brandy, you always give you always think outside the box, and I and I appreciate that. Man, thank you for always giving me the opportunity to be myself. Yeah. So from that standpoint, we'll we'll see you next time. But thank you so much today, man. Yes, sir. All right. That was Brandon Robinson of Scoop B Podcast. You can hear his podcast from Apple Tunes and uh, or Apple Apple Podcasts, iTunes. You can hear it everywhere, Scoop man. B Radio. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.